Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our newest presenting sponsor, and that's JokerChoker.com. JokerChoker.com is the home of the Joker Choker Pro Football Pick'em Poker Game, which is a new type of football picking game that brings the strategy of poker to the idea of making weekly football picks. Each week, you pick your game winners and then try to build the best poker hands from the winning team's cards. What's unique about this pick'em style of game is that because you get up to 50 bonus points on top of your pick'em points, you're never out of the running for first place, even if you have a couple of weeks of bad hands. It's easy to play, it's free to play, but it takes strategy to win. Over $500 in prizes are available, so sign up for your free account at jokerchoker.com, that's J-O-K-E-R-C-H-O-K-E-R.com, and use the promo code DISTRICT for bonus points to help you get started today. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome, everyone, to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and I'm rejoined by John to provide our weekly thoughts, picks, and fantasy football musings for week five of the NFL season, building on our picks and such from last week. Um, last week, we were both hanging tight right around the 500 mark, with John going eight and seven and myself going seven and eight. So cool, I guess. Yeah, um, we're big money winners this week. Exactly. Or we would lose money, as we were just talking about, if we wagered because the house would have their own edge and we would lay money and it wouldn't work out in our favor. Uh, we were both wrong about Buffalo upsetting New England. I think anyone who put money down or theoretical odds down on that would have been wrong. Uh, we both picked Detroit over Chicago. We both picked Tennessee over Houston. I think we dumped our stock a little on Houston a little too fast, although it's not exactly like they're good. And Arizona choking against LA, that was just ridiculous. Um, Shame on you, John, for thinking the Redskins wouldn't cover on their eight-point spread or whatever finished off of last week. But that's the brilliant part because I don't care. Exactly. You know, I, I'm, I'll take the win and be wrong. And I started off my week awful with picking Miami to cover against Cincinnati. Why would I ever think Miami would do good things was a stupid thought. And then I doubled down on that by thinking the Colts would beat Jacksonville because why would the Colts do anything right? And then right. I And then I completed the trifecta by thinking San Francisco would beat Dallas. Yeah, good times. Yeah, definitely not the uh, best week. Uh, but I told you Jacksonville, they had to win a game at some point, and the Colts were a totally beatable team for them. And they were playing for their coach's job. Yeah, I for some reason thought the Colts were a good football team, and then I realized they were a bunch of idiots trying to hump a doorknob. And yeah, um, watching that game was just brutal. That was another game. was like, why, why are you doing this to football fans? This is just an affront to football. Uh, we'll start off this week, so we're actually recording this, it's about 9 o'clock on Eastern on Thursday night, so it's in the middle of the Arizona-San Francisco shit fest. With the, this uh, is a very unappealing game right now that's going on. With the feature matchup of Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabo Gabbert, so we're going ahead and just omit that pick for the purposes of this podcast, and we'll jump straight into the Redskins at Baltimore with Baltimore laying three and a half. Line moved up from four points, uh, moved up to... It was it three and a half? Is it four now or three and a half? Or I think it went from three and a half to four back down to three and a half. So whatever. Yeah, that's a that's a nice fat even line because you know it's at Baltimore. So essentially, with the, the the home field edge, it's it's a neutral, so to speak, game. I really don't know how this one's gonna go because it's like you have a really good defense with the Ravens against a good Redskins offense and a terrible Redskins defense against a terrible 
Ravens offense. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I think this is kind of a show me something game for both teams because if you're if you're Washington, this is the kind of game you should go on the road and you should win because Baltimore is one of the softest three and one teams in the history of three and one teams. We everyone is outside that. of the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, we'll get to them in a second, but yes, one. In fact, we may feature a whole host of them because there's another one that's a three and one team that's a really, really soft three and one team. Not hard to figure out once we get there, but it, this is a take care of business game for either team. If Baltimore doesn't take care of business, everyone will realize a three and zero start didn't mean a darn thing. And if Washington wins, they'll semi semi legitimately say that okay, this is a good team after kind of being handed a win against the Giants and definitely being handed a win against the lowly Cleveland Browns. They need to do something. This is the kind of win where like you need to go, you need to win, you need to beat the other team without being handed a bunch of stupid turnovers or referee-assisted turnovers in the fourth quarter. Well, the, the Raiders just went into Baltimore and squeaked one out on the last second. With So can the Redskins give a better performance than the Raiders just gave? The Raiders have a better offense than the Redskins. There's nobody that's going to disagree with that. I think you'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that. Um, so Joe Flacco going to the the Ravens offense. like the, As bad as the Redskins' defense is, they should, and emphasis on should, do something against Baltimore. So Joe Flacco has one touchdown and four interceptions when he's targeting anyone not named Mike Wallace. And the fact oh. that Mike Wallace is still a good receiver for them when he's been bounced around where he was he was worthless in Miami they couldn't get rid of him fast enough uh they couldn't get rid of him fast enough in Minnesota he didn't do a damn thing there although they might not have had a quarterback to get it to him but if you're saying Mike Wallace is your top receiver I think that's you're in bad shape yeah because he only knows one route and that's the go just literally run fast in a straight line and hope for the best He, he can't do anything else that being said I actually think Mike Wallace is the type of guy who can give the Redskins trouble because we struggle against the vertical receiver or the guy who has the pure speed. Although Josh Norman struggled against Terrell Pryor last week, which is neither here nor there for the purposes of right now. But I think he's the type of guy that could give Norman or Bashad Breland some trouble because they're both, I always say the archetype of them who they should be covering or where they would excel in coverage is like the Des Bryant type of receiver. That's right. The big body position. Exactly. Um, against guys like Antonio Brown, who we played early in the season against Odell Beckham, who we will absolutely get to in a few minutes. Um, it just, it doesn't seem like our corners match up really well. So the one thing I am a little worried about is, but our safeties are really good. uh, Yeah. And good and terrible. Exactly. And then you woke up with between Mike Wallace and Steve Smith. Um, that's a little bit of my concern right there in terms of, cause Joe Flacco is still a garbage quarterback, but he does have a nice deep ball. That's the only ball he has, but he has a nice deep ball. Right. I do have this weird delusion that uh, Kenneth Dixon is in the fourth quarter is going to bust off like a 50-yard touchdown run. Yeah, for the purposes of your fantasy team, you're going to need it. Because I'm banking on that exact same thing of Terrence West on my fantasy team slicing through the Redskins' defensive line like a a hot knife through butter. This is the only time I'll root against them because, well, I want... It's an inevitable. That's what it is. It is. And I mean, I'm just hoping that they don't, you know they don't take away from each other in terms of their carries, like them getting cute and handing each one of them like 10 or 12 no, carries. I think, which I, think, I, think, uh, I think Dixon will be lucky to get five to seven. Yeah, I think he just came off the injury list. He hasn't yep. played all season, so I think they're going to ease him in. I think he'll steal yeah. five or seven. I think that's a good But I, I, I think he'll have one like smoking hot play. 
Yeah. I just have a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna burn the Redskins on one play. One thing to look for from upside from Kenneth Dixon is that he is actually probably in this past draft one of the outside of Ezekiel Elliott one of the best dual best. threat. Yep. You know, running and receiving the football or running and catching the football rather. So that's something to keep an eye on with him. He just, he started slow, but he's a mid round pick. He could do well. Ravens interior offensive or the Ravens offensive line in general is nothing to get super excited about. They have um, one outstanding player and then one up and coming prospect in their left tackle. And that's about it. Um, Big thing for the Redskins, Deshaun Jackson, Three targets last week, I think he finished with one catch for five yards. Um, my fantasy That's got to change. Yeah, my fantasy team really thanked him for that one when I started him. Uh, he's but gonna, that's Deshaun Jackson's style. Like he just He's not a consistent fantasy play. If you look like, at his history in Washington, he's actually been really good. I think this was like his worst game that he finished, start, that he p- played in from the whole game, and statistically that you know having that type of day. Uh, we'll go ahead and make the pick. Three and a half, Baltimore is favored. I'm taking Washington. Yeah, I was, I was going to take Washington as so, well. All right, I'm so delusional. I think that they might actually win. I, uh, yep, that's that's what the city will do to you in terms of picking, in terms of one game they win. And you're like, maybe we are a good team. Yeah, no, they're probably going to get killed. <sighs> I just don't trust the Ravens. I just, I, I think that the Redskins defense can force some turnovers against uh, against them to, to kind of swing swing the momentum their way. We can't keep banking on those, you know, teams handing us the football like Eli doing. Yeah, Eli but they at least – but they're not like – they really are doing a good job of forcing turnovers. They're, I mean they're attacking the football when runners have it and, and they're making the plays in the passing game. Or Jeff so Triplett it, is saying we recovered the fumble when it's still in Duke Johnson's hands. But the problem is, is that they, they – they haven't been recovering all the fumbles. Yeah. They've had they've had the second most forced fumbles in the league. They're just not collecting them. All right, moving on. Houston at Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by seven. The line moved up from Minnesota laying five and a half to Minnesota laying seven. That means everyone is riding the Minnesota train, rightfully so, because they just keep whooping opponents. They beat the Giants last week in a game that by two touchdowns that probably wasn't even that close. Xavier Rhodes made Odell Beckham look like a baby. Xavier uh, Xavier Rhodes. So we we talked about the the Vikings defense over the last couple of weeks. He's he came back and it's like oh as if your defense wasn't good enough. Let's just add Xavier Rhodes to that list. Over the last two weeks, Rhodes has given up a combined combined three catches for twenty three yards and zero touchdowns total against good receivers against Kelvin Benjamin and Odell Beckham. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty silly stat line. And one of the other players who doesn't get, I think I mentioned him very briefly when we are talking about the Vikings last week, Anthony Barr was the second-ranked linebacker by Pro Football Focus in the entire NFL last season behind Luke Keekley. So you still have that guy rushing the passer or doing all the things that Anthony Barr does. You have all the other talent. Um, But you still have Sam Bradford running the offense. Exactly. At some point, I just, uh, I mean, I still think even when they made the trade, I was like, you gave up way too much, but he's an upgrade over Teddy Two Gloves. I think Minnesota is hot right now. Right. Oh, definitely. I think hot. that's. I think that's a, a gross understatement. Yeah. Minnesota is hot right now. What I'm trying to say is, I think there might be peaking a bit too early. Like, this is how you would hope they play in December. Is it possible for them to sustain this type of play for the course of the entire season? I, I think. Oz yes, would because say they're no. getting it on their defense. 
it's not like they're getting fluke fluke plays and their offense is just making making things happen. It's they're just playing solid, incredible defense. I don't know. And Denver's doing the same thing though. Denver is doing the same thing, but at least you can like they're play. really similar teams right now. Their their defenses are carrying them. They've got average quarterback play that is just that is more than good enough for them. I don't know. They're, I mean, I, I do think Denver, this is going to be an interesting game, though. Denver can at least run the football. Minnesota can't do that. I think Minnesota's still dead last in running the game in the, in the running. Denver's offensive line is a little better than Minnesota's, but that's not hard to right. do. Minnesota's offensive line is quietly really bad. Yeah, not even that quietly. And, and Denver has way better receivers. Stefan Diggs has been really good this year. Stefan Diggs has been really, really good, and I it pains me to say that for so many reasons. Namely, one of the people in our fantasy football league who didn't know a single goddamn college player besides Stefan Diggs probably pains me the most. But Stefan Diggs has been really, really good this year. Um, if I'm making my pick, Minnesota wins. I don't think they cover seven points. I'm taking Houston. I don't think they cover. I think Minnesota wins this game. I'm, I'd bet a lot of money if Minnesota wins this game. But I just, I feel like seven is a bit rich. Houston, the way they are designed, they can keep a football game close. Um, I, I think seven's a bit lofty for, as you said, a relatively suspect offense. I, I would agree with you, but now I have to disagree with you because Houston has Brock Osweiler as their quarterback, and he's going to get murdered. He is going to get murdered, and that offensive line in Houston is also really bad. They're not much And they completely than forgot about DeAndre Hopkins. He it's, just throws the ball to Will Fuller. It's incredible how much he doesn't throw the football to DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's pretty criminal. I mean, yeah, he throws the ball to Will Fuller, and that's well and good, and Will Fuller is really fast, and he's been doing good things, but DeAndre Hopkins is still ridiculous. He's freaking Spider-Man. I mean— Yeah, he's a top-five receiver, and you're not getting him the cool. damn ball. It's an, it's it's so it's that's why I have to go with I have to go with the uh, Minnesota covering. That's I I, I, I okay. could see it being like a a seventeen ten game and yeah. Hmm. Taking the taking the better team to win at home. What a yep. novel concept. Yep. I'm yeah. a bold man. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over to Tennessee at Miami. Miami ish. <laughs> Good. Very true, very true. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'll take the crab juice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is Cloud Colossian crab juice right now. Uh, Tennessee at Miami, Miami laying three and a half. I can't think of a more insignificant team than Miami. Yeah, if, they just don't matter whatsoever. Like, Buffalo matters way more than Miami. Buffalo, you're at least like, okay, LaShawn McCoy is there. Cleveland, you're like, okay, they're at least Cleveland. They're, they're, they're trying no, weird things. They're notorious for being bad, and yes, they're trying They're trying the whole money ball approach with uh, Paul DePodesta and those guys over there. Even te- I would say previously Tennessee was the most humdrum team, and I'm going to get to them in a second, but at least Marcus Mariota is there. They can point to somebody and say, Marcus Mariota is there. Derrick Henry is there. Uh, DeMarco Murray is there. Marco Murray. Minnesota, it's like, uh, Minnesota, Miami, Miami, who cares? Okay, yeah. fine, Adam Gase fine and Dominican Sue kind of gets overlooked over there because they're just so nondescript no one cares it's just whatever if Miami you know fell into Hurricane Matthew I don't think this not the city but the team I don't think anybody would miss them no I mean they're just a they're just a team full of potential that just isn't there like Devonte Parker should be good but is he Jarvis Landry is the best receiver in the NFL that everyone overlooks. Like he catches right. everything and he gets a butt ton of targets, 
but everyone kind the of forgets is, him when they're talking about the top 15, 20 receivers, which he is. Right. Oh, definitely he is. But the problem is he has Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball, and they also have a non-existent running game of multiple terrible running backs. They can't wait for uh, Arian Foster, who's close to coming back, to co- actually be back in the lineup. Cause the rest oh, yeah, of them, that's great. They'll get two more games out of him. Right, and then he'll go down again. Right. So, so finishing my thought on Mike Malarkey, that is the full toilet full of shit, um, over the four games, so it's not just a couple outliers. Now, you have a, a reasonable statistical set of four games. Look at what he's done to Marcus Mariota. So far through four games, Marcus Mariota is completing less than 59% of his passes. He's tied for 25th in the league in completion percentage. 925 yards, meaning he's passing for less than 240 yards a game. That's 22nd. He's only got four touchdown passes. That's less than Carson Wentz. That's less than Trevor Simeon. He's the one category that he is in the top 10 most interceptions thrown with five interceptions. I think he's fourth in the league in that. His passer rating is 73.9. That's 29th in the NFL. They are, more importantly, he's kind of turning into what we like to call in D.C. Patrick Ramsey syndrome. They're killing this kid. Oh, that is so terrible. He's just, he's looking or he's avoiding making mistakes or he's waiting to get hit or do something wrong versus actually making a play with the football. He had just loads and loads of talent. It is pretty sad that both the 2015 uh, quarterback prospects are just having very, very rough starts to the 16th season. I think Winston is getting – he's trying too hard. I think right. I think they're just killing Mariota. I think they're basically just plain destroying his confidence. It's sad to say this, but Wizenhut, everyone rips on him for being whatever he is or whatever he isn't. But he a actually terrible had, head coach, a terrible head coach. But he actually good adapted his offense. Head coach, and he did kind of like. And I hate to bring this example because of the harbinger that's going to that it results in. But they kind of did what the Redskins did with RG three in terms of transitioning their offense, incorporating a little more of the spread. Building a put, putting training wheels on him before they put him on a motorcycle on a freeway with people coming straight at him. They kind of eased him into this. And Malarkey, typical idiot NFL head coach, jamming the square peg in the round hole. And then on top of that, giving him a pile of feces to work with in terms of wide receivers. Yeah, if you want a, a young quarterback to be successful, you need two things. A, a good offensive line and a good receiver. And right. they haven't given him either. Offensive line is a work in progress. They tried to do that in the draft, but the receiving, the receiver core. I mean, they're they're bottom five, hanging out right there with like San Francisco and Saint and uh, Saint Louis, Los Angeles. I mean, Andre Johnson, the guy from Miami that they signed to a big money contract, who is a eight game wonder. Shard Matthews. Shard Matthews. Yeah. Um, it's done absolutely nothing. I think uh, Harry the- Douglas is still there. And then Kendall Wright is always injured. And I'm saying that as like one of the few Kendall Wright fans left on the planet. It's bad. And if he has another bad game or two, him being Marcus Mariota, it is officially time to panic. I know we're not even through the first half of the season, but I would hit the panic button on them because it's, it's, but I hit the panic button. Now I'm getting rid of the coach. I'm not, Yes, I'm that's not what they benching Mariota. No, you can't bench Mariota, but you got to do something. You got to change it up because they might ruin both the team and the quarterback if they don't do something soon enough. Um, all that being said, it's pretty sad when I'm betting on Miami to win a game. I- I'm picking Miami and I'm taking the points. 
even favored by more than a field goal. I'm taking Miami. I yeah, I have to agree. I just have zero faith in uh, Tennessee right now. That's even if this game takes place. That's another thing. Given that's the, true. It's probably – well, the LSU-Florida game already got postponed. I think Georgia, they pushed it back a day too. Right. I, I, would, I would suspect that this one probably gets shifted. It, they might not postpone it. They'll probably change the location. They should probably shift it to uh, Sunday night so that nobody will have to watch this game because of the presidential debate again. <laughs> Which <laughs> – ooh, ooh. A terrible debate to watch or an atrocious football game? Which one do I want? Uh, that's just painful. Why can't they at least give us a good game to distract us from a terrible debate? Having to watch Tennessee play football and having to watch Donald Trump talk about anything intelligible is about the same thing. They do that with the same level of proficiency. Yeah. That uh, does not make for a good Sunday night. Moving on to New England at Cleveland. New England is laying ten and a half. It went from ten to ten and a half, meaning people are still people were happy with laying. People are still betting on New England. People are still betting on New England. Um, Do, does Belichick like show some level of mercy in this game? No, I don't think so. I think they're they're going for the jugular, especially. Or after- does Brady come out with rust? Oh, I think Brady comes out with a little bit of rust, but I think the beauty of this game, when I see this, it really, and given the circumstances with Brady returning, it really reminds me of like, you know, when you, like a big division one school starts with like a cream puff in the first game of the season. Like when Virginia Tech used to start with like the Arkansas States of the world and you just kick the snot out of them and you beat them like 63 to seven and you kind of get that tune up and it's almost like a glorified practice before like the big games start. That's kind of how I see Cleveland being for New England for this game. So they're just going to mop the floor with them, run it up as high as they can, or like execute their their offense to get the practice and um, get ready for the next week. Yeah, I think it's a lot more the latter part. Like execute their offense, it's kind of practice those plays in the back of the playbook in case you got to bust it out. Like the you know the single wing or Tom Brady running like the zone read. Like this is a game you practice those things in live circumstances against you know somebody that's not your own defense because your own defense is better than Cleveland's defense and. This is the perfect tune-up game for Brady coming back because, yes, even though I am starting him in fantasy this week, I do think there's going to be a fair amount of rust with Brady. But this is the game you kind of let him work through and get back in the flow of things considering the next four games for New England. They have to they host the Bengals. They have to go to Pittsburgh. They have a rematch against Buffalo at Buffalo, and then it's a bye, and then they have to they host Seattle. Oh, so that's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch. After that, it gets kind of moist and chewy for them. But the next four games for New England is going to be actually rather interesting to watch. So I think they kind of, you know, they, they let the ease Brady in. I think there'll be a lot of LeGarrette Blunt in this game, a lot of dump off passes to James White. I think Gronk is going to be is going to play only in name. He's going to be there for like, you know, 10 snaps. I, I've, I've already put his ass on the bench. Put Gronk's ass on the bench. If anybody has Rob Gronkowski, he's like, oh, he's going to play this week. No, he's not. Yeah, well, it's just like the past two weeks he played. Yeah, it's, he just it's, didn't do anything. It's they'll wait another week and then yeah, watch him. Then come they'll back. unleash him. I hope exactly like what they did a couple of years ago when he got injured and he came back against the Bengals and he had that incredible one-handed catch. I feel like that's going to happen again. I hope so because that's the only way I can save my fantasy football season. Um, even at ten and a half, I'm still taking New England. I have a, I, I'd be hard pressed not. I to. I think you have to. Yeah, well, it, it is. It's exactly. It's like. It's like Alabama against uh, John Falano State. You know, you know they're just going to crush them. 
when I grow up, I'm going to Bovine University. As you should. Browns lost by 11 to the Redskins. Now, granted, again, there was the uh, there was a lot of an assist by the officials. But if the Browns lost 11 by the Redskins, I think losing by 11 or more points to the Patriots is a pretty reasonable. Um, it's it's got to be what like 35-10. I'd only be 35-10, but I'm feeling like a nice 28 to nine score. Right. Or maybe like you know yeah. 31 to nine because Kaskowski's got to get his. But other than that, I'm not seeing too much else. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, we'll move on. We'll go to the Jets at the Steelers. Steelers laying seven. I think it's. T- I think that's too low. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Because, because, all right. So, what is the Jets' strength? It's their. It's their front four. Three. Uh, which is great against the run, and great if you can get to the quarterback. But I don't think you're going to get to to uh, Big Ben. And where do they suck? They, their cornerbacks suck. They're going to get smoked. They just have so much speed, and the Jets have no cornerbacks that can keep up with any of the Pittsburgh receivers. And all they're going to do is they're just going to go deep, 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 deep. I don't care how good the Jets' offensive uh, defensive line is. Le'Veon Bell is just a different cat. I Le'Veon Bell is the man. Um, he's he's a beast. I got slaughtered playing against Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell last week. It was not pretty. Bell, I. Big Ben had five touchdowns. That was um that was just bend me over and do. But I think I I think you're going to see a similar production this week. Yeah, I'll, not I, not five touchdowns, probably three. I think three would. I think three three and a half has got to be like his over under heading into this game because right. the, to completely agree with all your points, the Jets secondary is bad. I, I wouldn't even say their secondary. Their corners are bad. Their safeties are not bad actually in uh, Gilchrist and Calvin Pryor, but their cornerbacks are bad. Revis is Revis. He's looking older every week. Um, Buster Screen is probably the second, is probably the worst number two cornerback in the NFL. Um, I really like Sammy Coates in this game for anybody who's trying to do DFS or, uh, you know, if you want to have somebody on your bench you want to I start. I agree. Sammy Coates, second most targeted receiver on the on the Steelers, averages 20 yards a catch. I think it's 21 plus. I love him. Um, he's kind of what everyone thought Marcus Wheaton would be this season. Marcus Wheaton. Except a- for Marcus Wheaton terrible except for Marcus Wheaton has sucked a lot oh my god he's been terrible he's not so Sammy Coates isn't uh, Martavius Bryant because he doesn't have the same size but he has the speed Sammy Coates a big guy Martavius Bryant I don't think Coates has the speed because Martavius Bryant's like world-class speed but Coates is a little bit bigger and stronger but he's he's still got he was raw coming out of Auburn because most players out of coming out of spread uh, spread offenses like that are raw but um, they just do such a good job of developing those mid-round receivers. The Steelers do. They've consi- so so. New England has done the opposite of what Pittsburgh's Basically, done yeah, with receivers. That's... So New- Pittsburgh just grooms them and 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 just finds gems and just keeps rolling the next guy out because it's like remember they had Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, um, uh, Plaxico Burris. You know, there, there's a a Ryan list. Ford was a third round pick. There's just a list of receivers that they've just eh, – we'll just let them walk out the door because we'll be fine. We'll get the next guy up. And New England has tried to do that and just – no. They cannot – that is the one flaw in New England's you know, well-oiled machine is their ability to actually draft competent receivers that work out for them. Their two best receivers in the last 10 years were free agent acquisitions and Randy Moss and right. Wes Welker. And then, and, you, and then Julian Edelman was a seventh-round pick converted quarterback. Right. If he was, he's either seventh round pick or undrafted free agent, but he was really, really low down there. Um, 
we were we had some notes on this. Pixpatrick, Fitzmagic, whatever you want to call him, nine interceptions in the last two weeks. What you can see why the Jets didn't want to pay him. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, oh I thought he'd be God. fine missing. I that thought he time. would be all right because I'm like he's going back into a Chan Gailey offense. He's you know he's, this is his third year and at least third year in that offense. Like he'll be okay. But good lord Almighty! I mean, for someone who went to Harvard, you're really dumb for real. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is, the Jets have a lot of problems, and I feel like after this year, as we've talked about, it's going to fall off even more. But wide receiver is not one of their problems. Brandon Marshall, I think Brandon Marshall's 32, and I think Eric Decker's 29. They're two, they might be, they're a top five, six receiver duo in the NFL. They're the two top wide receivers in touchdowns over like the number of touchdowns caught over the last three years. No duo, I think no receiver, no receiver, even Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, anyone has caught more touchdown passes than Marshall or Decker over the last three years. Right. So they're not bad. But, yeah, but the problem is the quarterback. And it's like, what do you do? I think Lewis Riddick tweeted out something on Sunday or Monday. The ex-NFL guy who works for ESPN now. He's one of the few people on ESPN that's actually worth listening to. And he was saying the Jets should consider turning to Geno Smith. And I'm just thinking Why? to myself, like, if Geno Smith is your answer, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah. I, I mean, depending on how the season goes, if things are really going south towards the end, I'm turning the reins over to Christian Hacken Hackensack. I think Hackensack is already <laughs> a bust. Already, he was so bad that they were afraid to play him in the preseason. But he's like at least has him being a even him being a bust already is still he has more potential than Geno Smith. I think he was one of those guys. He came into camp and they were like praying. They're like, "Oh, please don't suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck." And he came in. They're like, "Shit, he really he's terrible. sucks." He really, really sucks. But we know Geno Smith really, really sucks. Geno Smith is terrible. But I think, like, Christian Hackenberg is like, why did we ever think this guy could ever be good terrible? Like, I really do. He had, if we met, he hasn't been good in four years. He had one good season. He was season. really good at Penn, no? His no, first year. he wasn't year good at Penn State. When, when, what's his name? When Bill, when O'Brien, Bill O'Brien was there. They hate, but after that. They hate Geno yeah, Smith. They hate, like, Todd, Bryce, but that's what I'm saying. What else do you have? They hate Bryce Petty. They're like, no, you go over there. Like, I don't even know why he's on the team. They hate him that much. And Hackenberg, I could see Hackenberg out of the NFL in three years. I really could. So they're just uh, shit out of luck. They're and they're going to be in quarterback wasteland really, really soon. And I'm talking by the end of the season, they're going to be figuring out what to do. Um, this is not. I don't even need to think about it. Pittsburgh by Pittsburgh. seven. It's. Yep. I, I don't need to think twice. But you know what? I thought you know Pittsburgh was locked two weeks ago, so they could just totally miff us. Yeah. We but whatever. I'm still gonna. That's still week. my pick. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia laying three and a half road favorites against the mighty Detroit Lions. Is Philly really that good? So as we were discussing, Philadelphia's offense isn't that good. I think there are. I don't want to say they're not that good. I think they're a little smoke and mirrors right now. Um, I think teams are still trying to figure out where is Carson Wentz flawed. They don't have enough tape on him. They're still trying to figure things out a little bit. Their defense is really good. That Their defense is good. Jim, and they have Jim Schwartz was the best coaching hire in the past offseason. Number one, if you look at every single coaching move of any level in the NFL last season, Jim Schwartz was number one. Absolutely. No, he's always been a, an extremely good 
defensive coordinator. He's just a terrible head coach. I don't even think he was a terrible head coach. A lot of head coaches are going to look terrible in Detroit. It's Detroit. That's true. They haven't had a good head coach ever. Their best head coach is Wayne Fonts. I mean, think about that. What does that say? And well, maybe, the only reason he was good is because he had Barry they, Sanders. And their second best head coach was Bobby Ross because he also had Barry Sanders. I think no, they might not have overlapped. But Bobby Ross got I think got him to the playoffs once or twice. That's about it. Like this is not a illustrious team by any stretch. It might be one of the most depressing ones. Um, and if you remember, his last two seasons ago, yes, yeah, two seasons ago before Sue left, that defense was r- number one in the NFL. They were really good when it was Sue and Fairley in the middle. Um, and that's when everybody's talking like, oh, Terrell Austin should be a head coach. Um, it, Schwartz is a really, really good defensive coach. And that's the thing. He's, he kind of, I think Billy Davis was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles last year, like overcomplicated it for the sake of overcomplicating it. Cause he learned it from Chip Kelly. Right. But Jim Schwartz was just like, you know what? Go unleash hell. Just go after the guy with the you football and kill him. Fletcher Cox, you're kind of good. Let's uh, let's see what you can do. Right, and they were two-gapping him last year. They were like, Fletcher Cox, your best skill is blowing past somebody on the line of scrimmage, so let's do this. Why don't you wait Just eat at up the blocks. line of scrimmage and eat yeah. up blocks? Yeah, Incredible. no, that's totally stupid. I think their secondary is still a little suspect, but they're getting so much pressure from their front seven, um, which they have nice pieces there that – it doesn't matter. I would love to see a team with like a strong offensive line. I don't know who that would be. Really try to go and test that secondary. But for right now, that's definitely not Detroit. Detroit, I mean, nobody should watch Detroit because that's cruel and unusual punishment. But that's another team where Matt Stafford's getting his brain beat in. Yeah. Has the Cooter magic worn out? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So long. The Cooter train has sailed. That. Yeah. Let's let's all pour one out for Jim Bob Cooter. It was fun saying his name over and over again. But no, this it is done. sure was. I mean, Marvin Austin, Marvin Austin, Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones might pop off for a, a couple of games here and there. I just don't think it's going to be this one. And if it if he does pop off, it's going to be more garbage time, like it was against the Packers. Um, I do like Darren Sproles and Wendell Smallwood a lot against Detroit's tissue soft defensive line. I think Ziggy Ansah is still banged up, and there's not really much else there. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's definitely not playing this week. So I got Philadelphia three and a half. I hate picking the Eagles, but it'd be stupid to do otherwise for me. Damn it. I don't want to agree with you again. I know. It but just like, sounds bad, but it's like it's such an obvious choice. Eagles it is? Yes. Eagles it is. All right. We're going to take a quick segue and give a shout out while we're talking about Detroit and automobiles to our friends at KN Auto Parts. And for those of you who know me, you know I'm pretty much useless when it comes to cars. But after listening to people like John, or those people who do know things about cars, I now know one thing. K&N's air filters are not only good for your cars, but they're also good for your wallet too. By using one of K&N's replacement air filters, you'll increase your vehicle's horsepower, improve your vehicle's performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts the life of your car, truck, or motorcycle. And with the quality of filtration you'll get from these air filters, it'll help you ensure a long engine life for whatever it is you drive. And plus, when you buy one of these, you can stop buying those cheap throwaway paper air filters again air filters again and again so you can save some cash which is almost as good as money according to yogi Berra. plus i'm told that these air filters are super easy to install even for an auto even for an automobile idiot like myself so do your car a favor and yourselves and get a knn air filter by going to www.knfilters.com slash podcast purchase a filter and get free shipping and a knn hat when you go to that url so once again 
www.knfilters.com slash podcast. Got to pay them bills. Yeah, you got to pay them. I actually need a new air filter, but maybe I might get a new hat soon too. Knfilters.com slash podcast. Get yourself a free hat and some free shipping. It's like Amazon Prime, but better because you get a hat too. That's pretty sweet. All right. This is a terrible matchup we have coming up next. <laughs> Chicago and Indianapolis. Like nobody wants to watch this game. I'm so happy you stole my thunder for this game because it's like I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk. Can we skip it? I guess we could, but oh my god. So the I, Colts uh, go ahead. Isn't this like the biggest waste of like a, a quarterback talent ever? So I like so we we talked about Mariota, but yeah. I mean Andrew Luck is just getting wasted there. Jacksonville sacked Luck six times on Sunday. And Jacksonville's not a bad defense. As much shit as we give Jacksonville or the rest of the league gives Jacksonville. They're not a great defense. They're not a bad defense. But it was really pathetic to see this, that Jacksonville is probably dropping six or seven guys and still sacking the shit out of Andrew Luck. Yeah, It's not like they were blitzing him or like, you know, they're bringing pressure or anything like that. They're dropping seven and still killing the guy. So with the Bears not having um, any starters left on defense, can they actually get to get to Luck? I'm pretty sure you, me, and the guys last night can get to Andrew Luck at this oh. point. Oh man, that's pretty. That's pretty brutal. Our group of friends put on the defensive line, and I'm talking some of the Indian guys as well. Like you put a meet on the uh, on the uh, defensive line. I'm pretty sure you could rush up the you know on the right side, especially against Anthony Anthony Costanzo, their left tackle. He sucks. If they don't address a left tackle position soon, if I'm luck, I just retire. Like, yeah, because I mean that's like I don't know the most important position on the offensive line. It's incredible. Um, on the flip side, it was really funny. So I was one of the f- few biggest Jay Cutler apologists for reasons I can't fully explain for a long time. And I was actually in Chicago a couple of weeks ago for a, um, a client trip for my day job, and I was sitting with a bunch of people who are you know lifelong Chicagoans or Illinoisans or whatever they call themselves. And they were briefly mentioned the Bears about something, and they hate Jay Cutler. Like he is, one well, of the he most, is a giant douche. He is one of the most hated athletes in the city, and I know from like years. It's not just like the recently over the past year or two. Like when, they, like right after they got him, they hate Jay Cutler, and I'm like, it's funny because I'm finding myself defending him, and I'm like, why am I invested in this guy? I've because he almost was a Redskin. I think that really was it. At the end of the day, I was secretly hoping Vinny Serrato would have traded the two ones and got him instead of Chicago and uh, instead of Chicago. And even then, even after not getting him, it's like I don't root against him. I'm like I still want Jay Cutler to do well, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. Um, it's it's really he's just gotten a bad rap. I don't think he's as you know as much of a careless douche as everyone makes him out to be. But everyone keeps saying like there's a lot of whispers. They're like the locker room really hates Jay Cutler. Didn't he marry Kristen Cavallari? Yeah, or whatever her name is. She's a whole lot of not ugly. That's true, but I mean that also is like a whole lot of vapid BS. You know, I mean she's just a vacuum suck of social garbage. They probably have a lot of passive aggressive, snarky, bitchy like meals together. Yes, yes, they do, and they probably have zero sex anymore and are cheating on each other constantly. That's a damn shame. But it's it's sad when they're like, you know, I really think we should start Brian Hoyer instead of Jay Cutler. Like when like you're for the rest of the season, we're like, oh, Jay Cutler, when you're totally healthy, yeah, you're not playing. For Brian Hoyer. It's not anyone for else. For Brian Hoyer because he's Hoyer. so good and he loves Eddie Royal. Yeah. 
also killing my fantasy team. <clears throat> Does not love Alshon Jeffries. Throw the damn ball to Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, you know, Alshon Jeffries is just a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And one of his other receivers, they just lost Kevin White to another season. That is so sad. Again. You know, there, there's some guys that are just snake bitten, you know. And he's one of them. Kevin Jones, David Wilson. At least those every were those Virginia injury, Tech running back, every Virginia Tech running back. But at least Kevin Jones and, and David Wilson, those injuries were like, oh shit, those are bad injuries. Like, there's no lo- good long term prognosis for this. Not like getting, you know, one injury and then another injury, which I think is actually on the same leg. It's just a different injury. I don't know if they're necessarily related to each other. Probably are at some level deep down. But one was a foot, and I think this is a tibia. The they said it's unrelated. Who knows? At the end of the day, um. Yeah. And then on top of that, they've got six starters out. Six starters and two key reserves out on defense. This team is just in bad shape. Bad shape. That being said, I hate Indianapolis so much. And when teams, when two teams are both this bad, take the better coach. I think John Pagano's, not John, yeah, Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano's atrocious. I think he's horribly The fact that he got an extension just still boggles the mind. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I'm taking They had the best coach in the the NFL, well, one of the best coaches in the NFL on their roster in in Bruce Arians and just let him go. Let him go. Now they're stuck with Chuck Pagano. Still bitter when Virginia Tech fans were like, you know, when in Beamer's heyday or like Beamer's decline, opposite of heyday, and they were like talking about potential replacements. Like, I don't know if I want Bruce Arians. And I'm like, you don't want Bruce Arians? Yeah. No, he's kind of awesome. You don't want Bruce Arians, who, by the way, is Virginia Tech alum. No. Well, why would we take Bruce Arians? It's not like he went to school here. Yeah. How many times has he won Coach of the Year? Twice already in four years. Twice? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's in pretty the NFL. Good. Uh, who you Yeah, got? so I oh, – I can't – I'm going to go with Brian Hoyer. They're going to cover. I'm not going to say Chicago's going to win. No, no, They're Chicago's, cover. Chicago's are the underdogs. They're four and a half point underdogs. Yeah. So you're taking Chicago as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I just a damn thing on. on I a, just can't on trust Indianapolis. They're such a shit garbage. I'm going to go ahead and cede my time over to you for the Atlanta and Denver game because I'm sure you have lots of things to comment on in terms of some of the things I said last week. Because um, I just should sit, sit there and take it, frankly, after what Julio Jones did last week. So Atlanta giving Atlanta getting five from Denver. John, the floor is yours. Well, I think we all were pretty pretty dumb in thinking that Carolina was going to, you know, actually put up a fight against Atlanta. I I thought Carolina was going to beat them, but I did take Julio Atlanta. Jones is um, the uh, best receiver in the NFL this season, and Rajan said last week on the podcast that he traded out of the second overall pick in our fantasy football league because he wanted nothing to do with Julio Jones. And instead, he got the fifth overall pick and debated about some mystery character who I think, I don't know, I'm going to speculate. I think it's it's LaShawn McCoy, but I could totally be wrong. Instead, he took Fat Eddie Lacy. Fat Eddie Lacy. You took Fat Eddie Lacy when you could have had Julio Jones who is um, fantasy football magic, goodness, sweetness, and is also like the fastest freaking receiver I've ever seen. For a guy that's 6'3". Why are you that dumb? Yeah. He's a monster. He's so huge. And he has – he doesn't have like a second gear. He has a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth gear that you just can't keep up. 
he made he made the uh, Carolina corners look like middle schoolers running in place. He just blew right by him. And no, no, you didn't want him. You know that scene? I think it's Rocky Two when like he's running down whatever that street is that leads up to the Philadelphia Art Museum and all the kids are running with him. All the kids are running with him and, and the one had... kid really tries to hang with him and he just smokes him. That was Ben that was Ben A. Ben Wickery and, and yeah. Julio Jones. And it was Julio also the Jones. size difference like cuz I think Sly is also 5'5 five five and the kid is, you know, whatever. And that's what Ben Ben, a. ben Wickery looked like next to next to Julio Jones. It was just Julio it was Jones hilarious. Is a monster. It was like a high school kid trying to run with, you know, a D1 receiver. That's what it looked like. And, like, these are two professional athletes, and Julio Jones just smoked him. To say that Julio Jones was the player of the week is, like, a drastic understatement. I mean, 300 yards by a receiver is just absolutely amazing. Oh, and you were dumb enough to cut Matt Ryan. That was my other favorite part. I was I, I kept looking, and I, I rode Matt Ryan for a couple of games, and I'm like, all right, now he's going to play a good defense. I'm going to go ahead and cut him. And then he goes out and drops a 500-burger. That was great. I mean, now, I, with that said, I, I picked up Matt Ryan, and I'm not going to play him this week against Denver because I don't want to play any quarterback against the Denver defense. Denver's defense is the truth. I mean, there's just no way to put it. Um, it's easy, but... I'm actually, this is going to surprise people, I'm going to take Atlanta because I think Denver is going to win. I'm not buying Atlanta. Let me be very clear. I'm not buying Atlanta, but I feel like Denver starting Paxton Lynch is a little iffy with five Is that points. a given? I'm pretty sure it is. I think Simeon's still out for another week. I think Paxton Lynch is playing. I thought they were going to try and cram him down their throat or something either way if it's uh, not 100 percent trevor simeon which i can't believe we're you know actually debating about like well is trevor simeon gonna play oh we have to have trevor simeon because he's so good and or paxton lynch um i i feel like they'll slog it out win by three or four i am very confident that denver is going to win especially playing atlanta having to travel uh play outdoors playing in a game where matt ryan dropped 500 points julio dropped went for 300 plus yards. It's really hard to repeat those type of performances back to back. Um, I'm taking Atlanta, but only on the points. I am. I think Denver's winning this game. I'm going to take Denver on the points. You're going to take Denver. Good. So we can differ there. I totally, I, their defense is just out of this world. And the Atlanta defense is so terrible that even Paxton Lynch is going to be able to get some points against him. So Atlanta, at least for the first time in God knows how long, is starting to so, show some signs of their talent on defense and the talent that just showed up like 10 minutes ago, namely in the 2016 draft. Like Keanu Neal and Deion Jones, their first and second round picks flashed in this game. But after that, it's still crap. It's, it's crap. Desmond Trufant, those two guys, and a bunch of garbage. That's the Atlanta well, defense. As you said last week, you, you, they're trying to play like Seattle defense without the talent of Seattle's defense. That's exactly what it is. And he, it's like I said, Keanu Neal, like, well, he'll be Cam Chancellor. And I'm like, you're just missing everybody else. Right. You're yeah, because I could put Cam Chancellor on any other defense and they'd be a top five defense. No. No, he is not the answer. You're still missing Earl Thomas. You're still missing Michael Bennett. You're still missing Cliff Averill. You're still missing Bobby Wagner. You're still missing KJ Wright. But go ahead. Be Seattle's defense. That's fine. Let's all do that. That's like me saying I'm going to put on a bunch of plastic wrap and I'm going to be Iron Man. But cool. You could be Iron Man. Um, I'm Wolverine then. Right. You can put like three tinfoil claws on your wrists. Yeah. 
<sighs> Buffalo at Los Angeles. <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. I just, I, I am desperately wanting a seven and nine season for Jeff Fisher. He he can't do better than that. I mean, I know they're three and one, but there's there's no way that this team continues to do anything when Todd Gurley averages two point six yards per carry. I think, and when, Case Keenum's your quarterback. I think the most atrocious fact coming out of this game is that assuming there's no tie. One of these two teams is going to be on a three-game winning streak. Oh, that's disgusting. One of these teams is going to walk out of this game riding a three-game winning streak. I thought Rex now, Ryan was done, like done, like three steps Buffalo's past defense is just, they, they are desperate for talent, but they're actually not playing bad. Their secondary As a is unit. okay. As a unit, I think that's a really good way to put it. As a unit, they're playing really well. Well, they're exceeding expectations, I should say. Because on a talent level, they should be absolutely putrid. But, I mean, you saw what they did against New England and their, you know, Bill Belichickian, I don't know what to fucking do because I don't know which quarterback's going to show up this week. So we're just going to kind of do things on the offensive. I mean, they just completely obliterated them. I still, I still refuse to buy into the Rams as I was, we were talking about the well, other day. No, the Rams are garbage. The I mean, three and except one, for and I, I, I would still be very. I would not be surprised if they finished three, three and thirteen. None of us would be surprised. No. That being it's, said, Aaron Donald is the number one player in football right now with JJ Watt out, and even when JJ Watt was there, because JJ Watt wasn't JJ Watt this season. Uh, at least as of today, it's between Aaron Donald and Von Miller for Defensive Player of the Year, and really, no one else is close. It should go to Aaron Donald, but Von Miller might get the uh, the 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 member Barry award of member Von Miller in the Super Bowl. The member you Barry award is a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah, because they'll just get nostalgic and they'll go. They'll just reflect on last postseason and not really look at this season because this season Aaron Donald is just blowing guys apart. He ruined. I think it was DJ Humphreys. On, yes. the, on the Cardinals. He ruined his career before it even started, but that guy just ruined his career. And he's one of those guys that I, they were talking about. They were like, um, what did Rex Ryan say about him? He was like, Aaron Donald isn't good enough to be like a pimple on Sheldon Richardson's ass or something like that. And they were like, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to say. I hope Aaron Donald remembers that when he's playing Rex Ryan this week. Oh my God, he's good. I love Tyrod Taylor. Um, he's going to get eaten alive. I was going to say, he might die. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be pretty. I ha- I hate I hate picking the Rams to do anything positive, but I'm taking this because I don't like the idea of the Bills being a run dependent team against St. Louis's front four. I mean, not even as much their front seven, their front four with Aaron Donald on it. No, Buffalo's so offense gonna- is Ty Rodden and Shady, and that's it. And Good and Robert that. Woods, mm, yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about bad. Robert Woods, the actor, then fun, oh, that's James Woods. Sorry. Yeah, no, James Woods, excellent. But I'm I'm actually going to take Buffalo in this one, just on the sheer fact that I hate the Rams' offense that much. It is so bad. Kate, the fact that Case Keenum is still a thing is is just it, it blows the mind. So if 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 Hackensack is such a bust, is uh, Jared Goff already a bust when they don't even want to think about putting him on the no, field? No, I think they're ruining him. I I think they're ruining him by the abomination they have around him. I I don't. Well, they 
could you have worse receivers? I think the fact that they have Jared Goff sitting on the bench and staying the hell away from everybody that they're playing against is the best thing in the world for Jared Goff. Probably. Let him sit and learn. He was coming out of the pack. To, he was coming out of the pack. But, but learn from what? It is. Learn yeah, from that's what? a problem. They probably still have the worst offensive coordinator in the league. That's my other concern. The guy didn't even know uh, which direction the, the sun rose. That was all the Rams. Remember that was a thing in like hard knocks where they all had to like yeah. ask each other. It was, it was um, yeah, that's how dumb Jared Goff is. I don't think he's, I don't know. I'm a Jared Goff apologist. So I'm really, I'm not a person to be honest in this debate or be objective in this debate. San Diego at so, Oakland. So are we going to go to the AFC West? We're going to go to the AFC West. San Diego at Oakland. This game went interestingly. This game went from four and a half Oakland being favored down to three and a half, even after San Diego lost yet another awful game, um, and Oakland won a big road game. And yet the money seems like it's moving towards San Diego, which I am. That's very curious given the set of circumstances. Don't you typically bet against where the money's going? Yeah, if you want to be contrarian, but usually the lines start moving in the direction of you know where the money is going, and I don't know why anyone would place any money on San Diego right now. And we, last week, I found it ironic, sadly or cruelly ironic, last week we were talking about how the Chargers were three for three in terms of catastrophic injuries in every week. They're four for four now. With Jason Verrett, their best defensive player, maybe the best player on their team, just tore his ACL. Oh my god. It's incredible. Like, it's, so so God just wants them to move. Yeah. He's saying, he's like, it's time for you to go. You got to leave. This place is just a house of bad juju. You've got to go. Yeah. Well, there's way better things to do in San Diego than watch yeah, uh, like every terrible football. Yeah. Like um, girls. And, and all the women there. Fish tacos. And, and the fish tacos the beach. on the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't uh, I, everybody's like got this sympathy tour for um, Philip Rivers. They're like, "Oh, poor Philip Rivers, he's stuck on this bad team." And then they're, I'm like, "But you forget that Philip Rivers is just a freaking tool. He's he a tool who can throw the ball t- well. No, he's a good quarterback, but he's such a piece of garbage as a human being. I don't feel bad for him at all. He deserves all you know the River- love he's getting. Philip Rivers reminds me of um. You know Will Ferrell's older brother in uh, Step Brothers, like his real older brother, and like you know he's berating his wife because he's not singing. She's not singing uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" correctly a cappella, and like he makes his two kids go like a cappella classes. I feel like that's Philip Rivers, and he hasn't eaten a carb in seven years. Yeah, well, no, Philip Rivers has eaten carbs, probably. But I I see a similar douchey type uh, attitude coming from him. I really like – I liked them before the season. I thought they would be good enough to actually win the AFC West. I still really like this Oakland team. I think they started off a bit slow. But their defense started out slow. Their defense especially But their defense is coming coming around quite well. Khalil Mack had a sack last week, so that's a that's a plus. Their secondary does has been excellent in the past two games. So, um, I mean, they're definitely moving back in the right direction and – um, is Michael Crabtree better than Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, so we always, I always say, like, if a receiver, I should say any rookie, if they come out like gangbusters the first year, you got to give them a 20, 25% dip in the second year. The sophomore slump is a very real thing. Um, not everyone is Odell Beckham, who we will get to. 
that you know they're going to be even better in the second year. It's really, really rare for that to happen. So I think he's a little bit of the, in the midst of that. Uh, Crabtree surprises the hell out of me. I, Crabtree didn't have a strong second half of the season last year in terms of statistics, and he has been their number one receiver this year. Now it could and be a, he catches everything. He catches everything. Now it could be the defenses are giving a lot of focus on Cooper, but regardless, Crabtree has been playing really well. Um, one under the radar. I mean, if he you can call him under the radar, Derek Carr nine touchdowns and only one interceptions this year. His nine to one TD interception ratio is the best that's in the NFL. Phenomenal. It's really good. And one thing that's really interesting about them, they've won three three other all three of their wins are actually road te- road games. Right. So well, their big win last week was in Baltimore, which is a tough place to win. Tough, tough place to play, especially coming from the West Coast. Uh, against a very tough defense, and they pulled it out in the fourth quarter. Their ability to win in the fourth quarter is amazing. Well, Derek Carr's ability. Derek Carr say. has that X factor. Way better than his brother. I dared. I mean, they might as well not even be related. No, Dude, they can't be. David's never looked, never looked as good as Derek has. I mean, it's a great resource to have, but no, Derek Carr, Derek Carr has a, and I hate this comparison because it's not accurate in a lot of cases, but Derek Carr has a little bit of that Brett Favre in him that like, he'll make those throws. You're like, what the hell are you doing? But then he'll make those throws. You're like, good Lord. How did you pull that out? Yeah. And also yeah. you're terrified of playing against him in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. If um, the game's on the line, he steps up. He's he's really good and, and they've done a great job of surrounding him with you know a lot of good pieces and if they figure out that running zip back situation because they're starting to really hate Latavius Murray and trying to figure out every starting way to, to every way to not give him the football to. continuing to I think they were telling him this week like no no take your time with your injury take your time don't rush back um, Oakland so who three, do you have Oakland at three and a half is a no brainer for me I, I I don't see how San Diego I, I think. They're very similar to last year. San Diego went two and two, and then two and ten afterwards. I feel like San Diego's right back in that boat again, and I would even be surprised if McCoy finishes the season. And I like Mike McCoy, but uh, San Diego is uh, in fifty-fifty games right now. They're zero and three. Yeah, doesn't I, that break at some point? I, I think they're quitting. I think they're so close to quitting on McCoy. I really do. And they're another team. They've got Wizenhunt on the on the roster. They'll just slap him the interim tag and then probably do something dumb like extend him. Right. Uh, uh, I think they're so close to quitting on McCoy, if they haven't already. Yeah, that's the one thing that you always uh, neglect to factor into these uh, picks is what what's going on in these players' heads. So I'm, I'm going to go with Oakland. I think San Diego's just going to lose it and continue to lose their shit this week. Cincinnati at Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He's kind of been good lately. I like the Ezekiel Elliott that wasn't doing well. That version. I of did Ezekiel too. Elliott he was, was so awesome. Yeah. I loved, I loved Alfred Morris stealing his carries. Yeah. I was very happy with Ezekiel Elliott at bust after he fumbled in the fourth quarter against the Redskins. I liked that storyline. I was a big fan of that storyline. I'm not a yeah, big not fan of this second straight game with 130 yards and 150 combined yards and leading the NFL in attempts, rushing yards, and runs going for a first down. I'm not a fan of the storyline whatsoever. I don't like this one. No, I'm I'm not either. I'm also not a fan of uh, Dax Prescott not turning the ball over yet. Yep. Dak Prescott. But it's coming. 
It's got to. That's got to. It's common. He's got to have a multi turnover game, maybe this weekend. So I alluded to it earlier. Dallas is three and one, and they're the NFC version of Baltimore. Like, tell me what's their good win that they should be they should be happy about? The jump? No, not the. They lost the, the Giants. The, they right. they beat San Francisco. Congratulations. They beat Chicago. Congratulations. They and they barely beat the Redskins. And we handed them a win. Yeah. Like, no. tell me what's their signature win? What are they supposed to be like? All right, this is our the season. The Redskins is their win. signature win right now. Right. And you got handed that win. Okay, fine. You beat it. You beat us in DC. Great. It's. Yeah. You be, yeah. Our home field advantage is, you know, epic. Non existent. See, like Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati is interesting because they're two and two and they're flying under the radar and everyone's talking about, you know, the Ravens are three and one and the Steelers are whatever and everybody else in the AFC is whatever. Cincinnati lost their two games to the Steelers and um, who's the other one? But it was a, a Denver. It's like the two, right. of the, the two are, best teams in the AFC. two of the best teams, yeah. So I, Cincinnati, oh my God, this is a no-brainer. I, I love the fact that Cincinnati absolutely going to win this. Yeah. I don't care is, if they're going to Dallas. Um they lock have, of the week? I, I'm not going to go lock of the week. I, I kind of think Oakland's a little bit of my lock of the week. but I, cause, I thought New England was lock of the week, even Cincinnati, though it's ten and a half. Cincinnati has that's, – that's, I would actually put that up there too. Um, Andy Dalton has a little bit of self-destructive tendencies that worries me, even though he's playing really well this season. But And I don't know necessarily if Dallas has the firepower on defense to stop – a pretty good running game. AJ Green is playing out of his mind right now. If if Julio Jones didn't completely ball out Sunday, Thursday night, AJ Green was murdering he people. Was. That got washed that got overlooked by He had a hundred yards in the first quarter. Yeah. AJ Green is killing people this season. He wasn't that great last year. He kinda had he was a little banged up, but he has been out of his mind this year. Yeah. The, that, what a great, great draft. A.J. Green and Julio Jones the same year. I think the entire – that was the 2011 draft. The 2011 draft was loaded. It was so disgusting loaded. That was Cam, Vaughn, Julio, um, A.J. Green, and J.J. Watt were in that draft. Yeah, that's kind of good. Yeah. They, they kind of define the league right now. I was going to say that redefined the scope the scope of the NFL. Um, you're, there's, I, I suspect there's just no way you're taking Dallas. No, no. I, th- I think this is the game where, where Dax finally loses his, loses his cool. I mean, he's been, he's been a very, very, very comfortable quarterback in that pocket. And, uh, he's, he's looked very good, but I think this is the game that, uh, things kind of, uh, change for him. And he, he finally throws a couple picks. I don't love Cincinnati's back seven on defense, but their front four is strong, and I think they can make it interesting for Dallas. And I think they'll do everything they can to be like, all right, Dak, it's your turn to beat us because we're not going to let Zeke beat us. Yep. And I don't think Des Bryant I, – I would hope Des Bryant doesn't play. I, think he's, I don't think he's playing this week. They said, I, they said that he's downgraded. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a fracture. It's, it's a bone bruise is what they're saying. I'm like, no, no. A freaking crack in the bone is a crack in the bone. Regardless of how you want to, you can't. It. You can't just. You can't just say it's uh, something else. Or say just kidding. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking Cowboys. I hope they ruin his career, and I don't root for injuries on many people except if they play. For Haven't Dallas Cowboys. they? Like, if I have a 
very sneaking suspicion because, you know, Des Bryant's on my fantasy football team for the second year in a row that he's just not going to play games this year. And he'll never be the same after the season. You might get a few garbage games in December, but I'm inclined to agree with you. And is even if Romo comes back in week eight, who says Romo lasts more than a game like he did last year? I think the wind blows and he gets hurt. I don't think you never you're not supposed to lose your your job to injury, but I have a really hard time handing the job back to Romo because what's your they upside? Will. Oh, they will. Because that's just how that organization is run. They think that Romo can give him a little bit more than than oh, Dax. Oh yeah, in 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 the Cowboys, in certain parts of the Cowboys front office's mind, and probably a lot of the Cowboys fans' mind, Tony Romo is a top five quarterback in their minds, in nobody else's minds, but in their minds. Yeah. They'll probably take Tony I mean, Romo over like Aaron Rodgers, which you know that's a typical Cowboys fan. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback when he's on the field, but. He hasn't been on the field for two and a half years or two years. So the next game, the Giants and Green Bay Packers. So I could spend another hour on this podcast diving into the Odell Beckham thing, just addressing the elephant in the room. Um, The simple fact is I think Odell Beckham, my theory on the NFL has always been – the worst thing in the world you can possibly do is draw attention to your team in a negative way. Have the media scrutinize and talk about your team when you're leading every sports center and PTI and all the other. You mean RG three a team? Exactly. It's it's everything. It's RG three. It's Terrell Owens. It's all these guys when they when you become the center of the media. It's just your players get tired of talking about it. Your coaches can't talk about anything else. It's just it's a stale fart lingering in the room that you can't get rid of and it's just one of those things it's like it's bad karma stale fart bad juju whatever you want to call it it's not there and odell beckham for however you want to phrase it that is what he's doing right now yeah no he's just such a distraction he's he's complete crybaby head case whatever you want he's no terrell owens he's definitely not that far i mean he's very passionate about wanting to you know be successful he wants the ball but it's like dude grow up this entire thing is taking a life of its own because first it's okay odell beckham's not getting the ball then it's him throwing his helmet on the tent like then it was him okay what's he gonna do in the rematch against josh norman then it's his meltdown on the sideline then it's the media report of he's not happy then it's tom coughlin reaching out and saying he can help it's like you just see like layer after layer after layer that's what i want is the coach that i just forced to retire to come back and help me pushed out the door and he's saying hey i can come back yeah that's that's exactly what i want especially for uh Ben McAdoo, who is uh, your your favorite uh, coach right now. Ben McAdoo is – so I, the, another theory I always believe is you never want to be the guy after the guy. Like you never want Unless be, you're Aaron Rodgers. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers. And like that's – Like you have to be super awesome to be the guy after the guy. When is the and last Ben time? McAdoo is not. I was trying ben to, McAdoo looks like a Sizzler's manager. He does. I mean any – like yeah, any – thing of that ilk that's what ben mcadoo looks like and i was legitimately for like last couple of days trying to think when is the situation worked where you're the guy after the guy and it worked out for you and the only example i could come up with was george seifert after bill walsh that was the only one i could think of 
And like I'm talking college, I'm talking the yeah. NFL. Like other than well, that, like yeah. I mean, your booby prize would be Barry Switzer after Jimmy Johnson because he at least got a Super Bowl out of it, but he did it with Jimmy's team. Right. Or you can maybe make the same argument. Now, I wouldn't maybe put him in that same category, but John Gruden doing it with Tony Dungy's team. Right. Right, and then he just you know took it to shit afterwards. But at least John Gruden, at some semblance, was a good football coach, even in Oakland. Like, you don't... This Ben McAdoo might be a modern incarta- incarnation of Richie Kotite at the moment. <laughs> that's That's definitely not where you want to be. And I don't think – this is not the guy. Like You promoted him because you were worried about losing him because Eli Manning was looking good in your offense, and you were so worried about losing him that you promoted him, pushing the guy out the door that everyone respected when really the wrong guy got pushed out the door, as we've said before. And this is not the oh, guy Oh, and that, Eli Manning looks like complete garbage right. this season. So you overpaid, theoretically speaking – in to keep Ben McAdoo and now Eli Manning looks like garbage because you were so worried about losing the guy who did so well with Eli Manning. This team is a mess. Yeah, and they spent a ton of money in free agency. And it's going to come go ahead. Apparently they have decent cap space next season. But they got to that's the thing. The Eli Manning's I think contract is coming up soon and if nothing else, they got to pay Beckham. Yeah. That's coming up soon. They got to figure out what the hell they're going to do with running back and all of those contracts. Like you can't the, keep you can't keep strutting out Rashard Jennings, right? Or I mean, if Paul Perkins is a thing, contracts like Shane Vereen, those are going to go up. Contracts like on well, the JPP is coming off the books, but contracts like Olivier Vernon, yeah, but they're going to probably resign him. And Janoris Jenkins, all of those contracts when they hit year three, they're going to start to get really obnoxious, and you're going to have to make those tough decisions. And again, you still have to pay because Beckham's on his rookie contracts, so right? Probably paying in the neighborhood of five to six million. Yeah, add a one in front of that is his next contract. Right. And, per season. But but Jerry Reese is a great GM. Yep, great and terrible. <laughs> so is seven and a half too much? Seven and a half is too high. Um Damn I, it, that's what I was gonna say. Seven and a half is too high. Green Bay wins, the line's too high. One last point. Um Sterling Shepard has been almost as good as Odell Beckham, minus all the histrionics. Same amount of catches, more touchdowns. So Sterling Shepard was like super hyped all offseason. He was like every fantasy darling, and he is—he hasn't cashed in, but he has definitely um, been a very reliable uh, play every he's, week. He's a perfect fit for that offense. Yeah, well, he runs clean routes. Um. He does exactly what he's supposed to, and he catches everything. So the only yeah. thing I was wrong about him was I thought he would fully supplant and take Victor Cruz's job, and Victor Cruz is still around, which that surprises the hell out of me. But, I thought that guy was done. No, well, they always had um, Shepard penciled in as the uh, as the slot uh, receiver, and that's where he's playing yep. right now. They have they have Beckham and, and Cruz on the outside, so. This is right where they wanted him to be, and I think this is where he fits well. Um, I am kind of surprised that Cruz is actually healthy. I I never thought that guy would get right. Yeah, that was what I thought. I thought injury perspective. I mean, from an injury perspective, he was done. Yeah, I never thought that he would be right. But and and so like as far as fantasy wise, I mean, Shepard was always a a, a clean play because even with Victor Cruz playing well, there's three three receivers on the field like 70% of the time. So he's always out there. 
Moving on to the Monday night game that I won't be very disappointed if I miss some of it or if I watch, you know, I I don't think I will watch a second of this terrible, terrible matchup. Tampa Bay at Carolina, Carolina laying seven. Is the NFC South the worst division? Nope. Still AFC South. They still own that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. They still have the new weight belt for that one. Yeah. When you have when your best teams with the Texans, they're the Floyd Mayweather of awful football. Oh, God. Yeah, all right. But second would be the NFC South. Yeah, it's got to be second. I would I would take... I mean, I don't know. If you put apples to apples against the NFC East, it's an interesting debate. But... The NFC East is actually fairly competitive right now. I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, they're 3-1, and one, but they're a soft 3-1. and one. The Giants are at least competitive in every game, and the Eagles are a complete shocker. Yeah, actually, I think the top of the NFC East is better than the one team that's playing better in, that's playing I, I, in the NFC South. The worst part is I, I think the Redskins are the worst team in the NFC East. Yeah, I, you could have a good debate between us and the Giants. You really yeah. Uh, you could have a pretty strong debate on either side. Cam Newton's practicing, excuse me, Cam Newton is not practicing all of this week, and they said they're still going to try to play him on Monday night because that's going to work out really well. Well, would you rather play Derek Anderson? No, no, I wouldn't even want Derek Anderson fetching him as Gatorade, but at the same time, you know, Cam Newton's... I can't believe he's on a roster. Yeah. Shit, I'd rather have Rex Grossman. I think I would rather have Rex Grossman. I would rather have Rex Grossman than Derek Anderson. Keep getting those checks, Rex. Did you know I was just going back and looking through Cam Newton leads them in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns this season. This season so far. Well, that's cuz um they have a, a mockery of running backs right now. I mean, I kept saying to anyone James Stewart can never stay healthy. Jonathan Stewart was or Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan like everyone's like, "Oh, Jonathan Stewart." I'm like, "Jonathan Stewart hasn't had a 16 games. He's had one 16 game season in like his 9-year career. That was 4 or 5 years ago. He's missed he missed 3 games in 2015 and he missed two, 3 games in 2014. He's on pace to miss 3 games this season already." So, he's never healthy. That was why that was why I was like, "I'm not 100% sold on Carolina coming into this season." Uh, you know, he he's always banged up and Cam is such an athletic marvel. I mean, if you look at it from a, just a pure raw athletic marvel standpoint, I think Cam might be at the top of the list in the NFL or at least in the top five. He's just so incredible in terms of an athlete. He's a defensive end playing quarterback and has the gifts and has maybe the best arm talent in the NFL, but there's just no way you can subject him to this level of punishment, even this early in the season. The beating he took against Denver was just brutal, just so brutal. And then that, that was nasty. the smack he took, I think it was Deion Jones who hit him at the the goal line. It was either Deion Jones or Keanu Neal. I can't remember who it was. But, I mean, just it was a really nasty smack. And the one that he got the concussion on, I think he was running it in for a touchdown. I mean, you can't keep this up. Oh, and the week before he had to go against Minnesota. Right, and the week before, yeah, he had Everson Griffin you know, chasing just- after him all game. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I I get it. He's six five. He's two fifty. He's a freaking linebacker playing quarterback, and he he has been extremely durable. But that doesn't mean that you can make him a punching bag. I think he's two fifty. He spends if he spends a month on Survivor Island, and I'm not calling him fat by any stretch. I mean, that's a big dude. He's he's massive. I mean, he's the reason why 
he can be mobile and he can lead a team in rushing and still be a productive quarterback because you're not worried. He's durable as hell. And that's why he's been successful, and that's why RG3 is on the sidelines again. He's he's too damn fragile. Yeah. But this the team is a mess. They really are. Their secondary, uh, needless to say, got a little exposed last week against Atlanta. Um, it, I mean, I'm not saying Josh Norman would have slowed, uh, shut down Julio Jones. It might have but he would have slowed him down. Yeah, it might have helped a little bit. Julio um, might have had like a buck seventy instead right, of three hundred. So right, and that's a big difference. That's a massive difference. Yeah, it's sixty percent basically, or forty percent less. Um, Jameis Winston tied for the league lead with ten turnovers. He has sixteen turnovers since week thirteen of last year. That's not good. Yeah, he's Dirk Cutter he's not came, looking too hot. Derek Dirk Cutter, not Derek. Dirk Cutter came out this week and called it a very big, very major concern. That's not a good thing. Yeah. No, I mean I I always look for my quarterback to not turn the ball over. You know? Not hand the ball to and, the other team. Uh, James, yeah. So uh yeah, Jameis is definitely not cashing in. He he really just doesn't have that much help. He has Mike I mean, Evans. Mike Evans is a beast. Mike Evans is very much a beast, it. and then there's nothing else. Yeah. Mike Evans, through this season, leads the NFL in targets. He has 70 receiving yards in every game, touchdown in three of the four games. He's on pace for almost 1,500 yards this season. He is awesome. I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves in the conversation of like next generation of elite receivers, and I was even a little skeptical of him coming in. No, he's in there. He's really, really, really good. Everyone kind of overlooked him because he didn't run like you know the sexiest forty time coming out of the draft. But um, yeah, but he's massive. He's so big. He's so. I don't expect a guy that big to run the, the fastest forty time. He catches everything in his vicinity. He's like a very very rich man's Kelvin Benjamin in that case. I don't think he's quite as tall, but he reminds you a lot of him, but just better. Yeah. No, he's he's awesome. But I mean, Dougie Fresh Martin's always hurt. Charles Sims is only going to give you so much, and Vincent Jackson's non-existent. All right, wrapping it up. Tampa laying, uh, Tampa getting seven. Who you got? Oh, fuck. Do I have to pick? You do have to pick. This is. Uh, uh, I'm going to pick Tampa just because I don't think Carolina's going to cover. That's exactly what I had. I had Tampa. I have Panthers win. They Damn it. Cover. I don't like it when we agree this much. Yeah, that means we're either going to do really well or we're both basically going to be like 3-12 and 12 next week. Yeah, I, th- I think our mark, I think we're going to be sub-500. Yep. So along those lines, thank you very much for everyone to listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will come back next week and recap how we did. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some comments. Be sure to come back next week. We'll be dropping it on Thursday or Friday, another week of NFL Picks. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast.